Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Luke, one of the coaches here at PH, and today I am delighted to be joined by Coach Chloe. Chloe, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks Luke. How are you? Good. I am good, thank you. Excited to be talking to you for the next 30, 40 minutes, however long it takes. And today, guys, we are going to be diving into a continuation of our fat loss series. And today we're going to chat all about fat loss and performance and do you have to choose? Because something that we commonly see with a lot of our clients is they'll go for a fat loss phase, but they will still want to keep their performance in the gym in whatever it is they might be doing. It might be endurance, it might be CrossFit, that kind of stuff. They still want to keep that performance high. So we're going to look at do you really have to choose and if so how do you choose and what to do to kind of get the best of both worlds or yeah we're gonna we're gonna dive into a little bit of everything but to start with chloe i'm just gonna ask you that question and i want your thoughts a little summary so chloe fat loss and performance do you have to choose between the two i'm gonna give the typical nutrition answer it depends (laughs) i think generally yes if you're in a deficit you there's probably going to be some kind of suffering performance however it depends on the type of deficit you're in and how severe it is and yeah, how much you can, you can prioritize keeping performance. Like if you, you can go in with the thing of like, I want to keep as much as possible, uh, expect to lose some, but I don't think it has to be as severe as people think. Yeah. No, and I would entirely agree. And I wouldn't expect anything less than that nutritionist answer mm. of it depends because it always depends. And I think it'd be good for us to kind of run through some of the kind of context there as well. But I'm I'm in exactly the same boat. I think it's one of those where common sense suggests that if you're in a deficit, which means you're eating less calories than your body really needs, your performance will suffer at some point. But like Chloe said as well, it doesn't necessarily have to suffer as much as it might feel like it is doing. So that I think leads us quite nicely into common mistakes and why we see people's performance suffer so badly when they're in a deficit. Chloe, mm. talk to me about that. I think the biggest one that I think that we see the most is people putting themselves in 
a massive deficit, like huge amount. When we get our, you know, we do our six week programs and people are like, oh, I want to be on less calories. I'm like, do you really? I don't think you do. Like if you, if you go into too low a deficit, yes, everything is going to suffer straight away. But if you can keep your calories fairly high, you don't need to be in a massive deficit to lose fat. Like it can be minimal. And with that comes minimal drop in performance and everything else, because your body isn't just using calories to train, it's using calories for everything else, you know, digestion, and all balance, all that kind of stuff. So if we can keep as much of that, you know, on point as possible with the highest amount of calories on a on a plan, then your body's going to be ticking off as many boxes as possible. So the higher amount of calories we can be on, the more boxes we're going to tick. Uh, so I think people just go too hard too fast, and they just drop too much. And then, yeah, they are going to suffer. I think... As well, another thing is going in with that that idea, like, you know, the topic of this podcast is fat loss and performance. People think they're like, well, my performance in the gym is going to go to poo. So I might as well just embrace that. And it's like, well, actually, if you maybe think perhaps I can, you know, think a bit more positive about it, then you might put yourself in a different position, like perhaps adapt your training, things like that. So it's that mindset shift as well of not having to like think that that's going to be the case and putting yourself in too big of a deficit. I think those are probably the main things I would say. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that that mindset one is a really interesting one that I hadn't put in too much thought into, but you're so right. You are so right. So many people that think I'm going to commit to a fat loss phase and immediately in their brain that translates to, which means I'm going to suffer for a while. And it's almost mm. like they kind of, want to suffer and I know obviously this is different in terms of different population groups and stuff like that but interestingly when I've done kind of some work with combat sports athletes before they have this weird kind of mental outlook where when they're doing a cut for a fight and they need to get down to weight they want it to be as painful as possible because they think that that gives them like a psychological edge going into the ring they think I have suffered more <laughs> than this guy when I've done my cut so I'm going to be which I think is just dumb because with suffering comes that big drop in performance and they kind of resign to that which yeah you don't have to do exactly like you said you do not have to do and coming back to the the point of kind of trying to eat almost as much as you can while still achieving your goals should be the way to do it. I always think, and I know that yeah. you're kind of on the same page here as that as well. So I think that's a really, really kind of key message to send home to people is eat as much as you can while still achieving your goals. Don't make it harder than it has to be. And obviously sometimes people can struggle with knowing where that is, knowing where that kind of point of, uh, do I have to go lower? Should I go lower? And like you said, we get kind of people coming onto the fat loss plans that are already on pretty low calories and they want to take it even further, which is a huge one. I also think another one is, is being in a deficit for too long. And this is something that we've probably banged on about time and time again on podcasts, but the kind of length deficit has a big old toll on your body as well. Right, Chloe? Yeah, absolutely. Like massively, because, you know, you can, your body can only do, your body's going to get used to what you're doing after a certain period of time. And then you just have to push more. And it's the case of, do I push more and feel, cause you will get to a point where it does have to be a bit miserable if you're going past that point where your body is, you know, happy. So it is pushing for too long, isn't it? A hundred percent. I've been in that position myself. Like when I've been on competition prep, you that's, it's that kind of savage deficit, uh, which it does go on for a long time. And that is when you do feel a bit poo, but you, that doesn't have to be the case at all. That's a very, it's like your fighters. It's a very specific scenario and that's not the kind of case it needs to be all the time. 
So for the general public then, maybe the people that aren't necessarily doing comp prep, aren't necessarily stepping into the ring or doing a big cut for that as well. Uh, how do they know that they've been in a deficit for too long? And how do they know that a deficit's too big as well? Let's lump those together. I think you can kind of see like... You can be in a deficit and I think sometimes when you're in a bit of a, you're in that right, that kind of sweet spot where you've got enough food coming in, you're feeling good, you're feeling fresh, you're dropping a little bit of body fat. We generally feel, I think personally, you don't have, because you've got a little bit less food hanging around in your digestive system, like being processed, you generally maybe feel a little bit more energetic, especially in training sometimes, just because the body is processing less food. So you might feel a little bit bit decent actually Uh, but when you are in that position where you have gone too low with it we start to see things like poor sleep irritability thinking about food a lot like noticing food more just being sluggish tired getting more likely to be injured so feeling uh, more muscle soreness is a big common one like not recovering from training generally feeling like brain smushed like pooped fatigued like trying to work not being able to focus just things like that really and it's yeah you I think you start to get a bit like ratty and and things like that like hangry but on another level and with women particularly things like an irregular cycle regular menstrual cycle or a particularly perhaps particularly heavy period or more PMS symptoms like anything that's more severe basically when you're in a deficit that's too much I think any kind of normal symptoms that you might have are just going to be elevated a lot more uh, so it's just kind of those extreme feelings I would I would say yeah no I would agree and I think uh, a key point that you made there as well about uh, females and the kind of irregularity with periods or super heavy periods I think that's such a key one as well and obviously sometimes it can be a little bit harder to to spot when you're in like super low energy availability when you're a dude because there's quite an obvious in females and that is the kind of loss of period or the irregularity there and so I think it's important for men as well to kind of keep an eye out on that and for the most part it's a case of thinking about things like uh, motivation to train if your motivation train is consistently super low uh, then you probably want to start kind of coming out of a deficit for a little bit because that is something that doesn't necessarily hit for for a while. There's also other other kind of key signs are things like even loss of libido is one. I I can yeah. I see. I'm not going to throw myself under the bus there. I see often in a lot of clients kind of that kind of loss of libido or uh, loss of kind of drive to do other stuff as well. Because just your CNS drive, your energy availability is just low and you just don't have that kind of want before that you might have had before to go out and kind of do stuff because you just don't have the energy Mm. to after a while. And I think that's so, so key to look at. And that is obviously not going to be the case in all deficits. This is just if the deficit is too big for you or if you have been in it for too long, you start to kind of see these things. And that's when you can kind of start implementing things like diet breaks, that kind of thing as well, which we will get into because we are going to talk all about kind of how to maybe do it in the most sustainable way possible as well. But before that, I wanted to just dive into a couple more kind of common mistakes that I see in people with deficits. And and this one in particular probably leans in, I guess, to being in too big of a deficit but it's potentially in meal timings, not necessarily being right. Because people sometimes, if they want to achieve deficit to achieve fat loss, quite common to see people just kind of remove whole meals. Like skipping breakfast is that classic one that we've heard of all the time. And so people might skip breakfast, but they might still be training in the morning. And so they might not necessarily be fueling in and around that training session to get energy availability for that session or to recover from it. And the most kind of common thing I see is is that realistically, Chloe, it's, it's people kind of like, 
backloading all of their calories to the evening so that they can oh have, yeah like, saving them <laughs> yeah saving their calories i don't know if that's something you've seen as well chloe and your thoughts on that oh my god all the time yeah it's i don't know people people have this it's like a fear that we're going to get more hungry in the evening because that's when generally people seem to want to pick up food and stuff it's normal but People get so scared they're going to want to eat more in the evening that they don't eat anything in the day. But then if you don't do that, you will be more hungry in the evening. Yes, because you've missed out on meal times. So if you actually eat your food at the right time, you probably won't be hungry in the evening because you've eaten all your food at the right times. But like people save food for, you know, especially carbs and they're like, oh, well, I can have a big dinner before bed. And by the time you've eaten that big dinner that you've saved, you're not satisfied because your hunger signals are all over the shop. So you're going to be more hungry after anyway. And when it comes to, to training as well, if that's kind of where you're getting all your nutrients in and you've trained earlier in the day, then your recovery is not going to be there for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're just not going to be in kind of the right place to to get the most out of the training sessions. So I think something that is super key is spacing out that food across the day, keeping that kind of energy availability high across the day, as high as it can be, because obviously you're still in a deficit. And something that, that, that I always preach is to, to sandwich training with calories with obviously carbs and protein and that kind of thing and so if you're someone that trains in the morning that might mean that your evening meal is smaller than you like if you're wanting to achieve fat loss but if you can get the most out of that training session that's where obviously you're not going to suffer from a performance point of view and it's where you're going to elicit the most change right because fat loss uh, it does occur primarily through a deficit and obviously through consuming the protein as long as you are training and stimulating your muscles as well that's how you get more efficient fat loss as opposed to just weight loss in general as well. So the, the training is so important too. So if you can fuel that, I think it's so, so key. Ace, Chloe, let's dive into then. Somebody wants to lose fat, but they want to <clears throat> maintain their performance. Who should we take? Should we take a, uh, let's go your world of bodybuilding. Someone wants to, to kind of maintain uh, the weights they can move, the sets, the reps they can move, but they do want to lean out a little bit. Walk us through kind of how would they do that in the most sustainable way? What does that look like day to day? And then zooming out a little bit, what does that look like big picture as well? So if you want to keep your performance, you want to start, you always want to start on those high calories that we were talking about. So I would look at what your current energy maintenance is or your energy balance. So the amount of food you're eating to maintain your current weight. So that would just be kind of looking at yourself logically and I think one of the biggest things when it comes to fat loss is people making it more of a emotional deal or like kind of looking too much into it than it actually is. It's just numbers on a scale and it's just the way your body is and it's energy in, energy out. Like obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but coming down to it, that's, that's all it is. So you have to be able to look at it logically and say, okay, well, my weight is at X point with this amount of calories, with this amount of expenditure if it stays the same, great, you know where your maintenance is. And then from there, I would literally start with the smallest possible change, one thing at a time. Uh, bodybuilding prep, we would literally start with like maybe 100 calories less. It doesn't, or 150 calories less, and that would be it. And then you see, after a week, has your weight changed? If it's gone down, great, you don't need to do anything because you're only eating 100 calories, 150 calories less. You can do that and then just keep monitoring it and then just see where you go from there. If you need to take out a little bit more food, take out a little bit more food. And it's not always just about calories coming in. You could get a little bit more expenditure and you could do some more steps. We often get a lot of people coming to us on on the fat loss, the six-week fat loss. And, um, you know, they say, oh, I do 5,000 steps a day. And it's like, well, actually, if you just maybe did 7,000 steps a day, 
you'd already be moving in the right direction to perhaps drop a little bit of body fat. So it doesn't always have to be take 500 calories away from your diet. It can be just move a little bit more. So it's just about those tiny changes. So I would say take, you know, 100, 150, 200 calories away first, see what that does, give it a couple of weeks and just keep monitoring your weight and just every now and then tiny tweaks and you just keep it as high as you can because that's all you would need to do there. I love that you mentioned the 500 calories there because that is such a common thing. And and people just out of nowhere just say, I'm going to go on fat loss. I'm going to take 500 calories away. And it's always 500. And it's it's such a round number, really, isn't it? It's because it's such a nice round number. They're like, yeah, 500 calories. That's what I'm going to take away. That's where I'll start. Whereas, like you say, the key thing that that you're kind of chatting about there is uh, reflecting, is making small changes, reflecting on them, and kind of almost shortening a little bit of a feedback loop, I guess, as well. Because it's a case of people going, I'm going to take 500 calories away. I'm going to do that for a month. Boom. And then I'll see what's happened. Whereas if you take 100, 150 cows away, see what's changed after a week, after two weeks, make those little tweaks, shorten that kind of feedback loop. And you're much less likely to to find yourself at the end of, say, if you've done that 500 calories away and four weeks later to find yourself feeling burnt out, beaten up and not necessarily kind of making the progress you want as well. So I think that is so, so key. So uh, that's an awesome starting position for sure. Um, and obviously, if you're tweaking and kind of taking stuff away a little bit, where do you kind of get to the point where you think, okay, I'm at my point where I found that that balance? What does that kind of look like? And then what do you do from there? I think I think it would depend on the long, I mean, the long-term goal. Like, what is your long-term goal? And everyone's going to be different. Some people might want to lose a, a lot of weight, so it's going to take a longer time. Like I, I think you need to be very aware of, of how long, like, like we've covered about being in a deficit for too long. It's really important to just listen to your body and notice those signs. Like, are you, you know, are you feeling tired? Are you feeling motivated? Like, do we need to implement like a bit of a diet break? Like I would say, you know, see how, see how you go for a few weeks, monitor the body, see how you're feeling. If you are starting to feel those kind of effects, then bring your calories back up a little bit, have a little reset and then go again. I think the main the main way to look at it is just see what happens in terms of like weight plateaus and stuff like that. Like, because, you know, you're going to get to a point where you might stop dropping weight and it's either a case of digging a bit harder in terms of a deficit or giving yourself a little diet break. And I think it's going to come down very much to the person. You know, if you have done that thing where you've dropped 500 calories, and you're finding that you're binging at the weekends, then you should not be digging more. You should be coming back up the other way. Like, because at the end of the day, the thing I say, all the girls I work with, think about the long-term, the long-term person is more important than the short-term person who wants to lose a little bit of body fat. Like, what is your long-term relationship with your body and your food looking like? Do you want to be in the position in three months' time where you've lost a load of body fat, but you feel like absolute crap and you have a poor relationship with food and you're feeling, you know, awful so i think it's really important to take into the long term uh, the long term effects there if that answers your question yeah, i think in a roundabout definitely. way <laughs> definitely no that was ace close and zooming out into the long term the looking at the big picture i think is something that's so important too because you can get lost on that kind of day-to-day stuff and although we've talked obviously a lot about things that can can help your performance day-to-day so that correct spacing at meal times making sure energy availability is there sandwiching that stuff in between training uh, is key. I think the big picture, like you said, is is so, so important. So on kind of like a a different, talking about kind of a different situation, I guess, something that I talk about with a lot of athletes is periodizing their nutrition across the year. Because a lot of athletes will want to achieve fat loss at some point. 
especially if we talk about within CrossFit, because that's kind of obviously we work a lot with CrossFit athletes. I know I do definitely for sure. Uh, they might want to achieve kind of a little bit of a fat loss goal at some point because their gymnastics might feel a lot better. If the power to weight ratio is improved because they're carrying less fat, then gymnastics is going to feel good. They might feel light on their feet in terms of doing stuff like burpees and running and, and all that kind of monostructural stuff as well. Their efficiency and movement will be better. Uh, but that doesn't want to come at a cost of performance everywhere else as well. Uh, and ultimately, it's it's incredibly hard to just change one thing if that makes sense like if they're going through a fat loss phase their strength numbers might not stay where they are and that is when what we do is we zoom out we look at the big picture and we say okay we know that you've got a competition here at this point where you need to be as fit and as strong as possible so after maybe a strength cycle where we've purposefully kind of put them in a bit of a, a surplus then it'll be a case of okay sweet let's look at a little bit of a fat loss thing where we'll just try and maintain your strength as best we can and then bring your your fat loss down power to weight ratio goes up so that all the gymnastic stuff is golden all the monostructural stuff's good and ideally they've maintained as much strength as they can through everything that we kind of mentioned so far and they then go into that competition not in a deficit we make sure that we'd have kind of like a couple of weeks kind of normally three or four weeks where we take them out of kind of a gradual fat loss phase so that they've got kind of like a month or so training at maintenance knowing what that feels like their cns system is firing and they're ready to perform at that date when they need to and obviously that's kind of like specific circumstances where these are athletes that have the time to be able to zoom out and that's what they're doing and they're committing to this but I think a lot of people in the general population can can do this as well right and I think what is often the case is people kind of get caught in the middle in between I really want to lose fat but I don't want my performance to suffer and obviously we've talked a lot about how you can limit that suffering from performance but like we sort of said at the top if you're in a deficit, you're not going to be performing as well as you potentially could. And so zooming out and looking at, okay, well, why? Why do I still want to keep my performance up? Why do I want to achieve fat loss? It's going to inform so much of what you do when you're attacking those phases. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to look at the big the big picture, haven't you? Um, and it is, you know, that's why we would choose to go in like a, I think there's a difference, isn't there, between there's so many different ways to lose fat you can do such a, a big a big kind of cut down and focus on just being like well okay I want to lose fat and if my performance suffers it suffers and kind of taking that as it comes but you know there is body recomposition over a longer period of time you can be in a in a very minimal deficit train hard and still see changes to your body and this would be you know an excellent choice for an athlete such as a CrossFit athlete who perhaps wasn't looking at kind of doing more of like a immediate kind of periodization thing where they are cutting and then building they just want to improve their athletic performance where they can while still improving body composition it's just going to be a much longer term thing isn't it so i think that's also possible to do boom and it's it's being able to contextualize that as well i think is so important i think it's important when you're kind of going for that if you are you know dialed into the long-term aspects of it be true with yourself and honest with yourself with regards to expectations there because if you say mm. i'm going to commit to this long-term period well i'm going to be in a small deficit but performance is not going to suffer too much except that you're not going to necessarily see fat loss progress week on week on week on week you'll see it when you zoom out definitely and you look okay from a to b this is what i've achieved 
But in those weeks, because the change might be so slight in that circumstances, you're not necessarily going to see it there. Um, mm. And as Chloe said, it, it depends on who you are. It depends on what your goal is. There's little things that you can do definitely to maximize performance while still achieving it. But starting with that why and looking at, okay, what what is the reason for me doing this? And then seeing kind of how you yeah. want to structure it, I think is so, so important. It's that thing, isn't it? Like, every, I think we are so... We all want to see things instantly. We want instant. I want to lose five kilos in two weeks, isn't it? Like it doesn't have it doesn't have to be like that at all. Like it's have have patience. I think sometimes have patience, and then because if you if you can have that, you can tick your boxes every day. You just keep moving through. I think it's going to be much better for you long term if you do have that patience, and that's going to keep your performance as high as possible in the long term you're going to get much better results in terms of the way you feel like like you know we know of so many people that come to us and they've done fasting and five two and eating after six and eating before six and eating grapefruits only like things like that and it's like you keep going through these cycles and perhaps if you look at something more long-term sustainable and have the patience to uh, you know stick it out for longer you're going to reap the rewards I think a little bit better uh, yeah yeah, but then on the, on the flip side as well, if you're someone that you you are committed to achieving fat loss quick and you're going to go in a big deficit and, and get those benefits, accept that your performance will suffer. Accept yeah. that you can still tick a load of boxes. You can still make sure that your meal timings are solid so that training is is okay. But if you're in a big deficit and you're going for that, you're still going to suffer. You, can, mm. you still want to be doing everything. You don't want to just be committing to the, I'm going to suffer, so I'm going to make things even harder on myself, like we said at the start. You still want to be breaking up that meal timing. You still want to make sure you're getting good quality food in, colorful food to help with recovery, getting sleep. Maybe as well, it's even more important, I think, sometimes to be supplementing with things like um, omega-3s or things that are going to help recovery. Because... If you're not necessarily focused on recovery and you're in that big of a deficit, it's going to suffer even more. And it's like, yeah. accept, accept that if you're going for the big changes quick, you're going to suffer, but still do everything else to minimize that suffering. I think it's so, so key. Yeah. Sleep is a massive one there. Like sleep. getting your eight hours of sleep. If you're in a, especially if you're in a fat loss phase, there's so many studies on, you know, the amount of fat lost in relation to at free mass on uh, when you get a solid amount of sleep, like eight hours sleep compared to people that don't, especially in a fat loss phase, that you're going to be more hungry if you don't get enough sleep as well. Uh, and uh, it's going to it's gonna be a massive thing. And then like you mentioned about fueling training, if you can, you know, prioritize your carbs around your training as much as possible, fueling training, like fueling during training, like using the energy at the right times, all those things are going to make a massive difference as well, aren't they, in recovery? So that's always something to bear in mind that you can you can have those tactics that will help there. Yeah, and I think sleep sleep is so important. And sleep's a bit of a tough one as well because it's kind of a double-edged sword. As we know that if you are in a big deficit, sleep is probably not going to be as good as you want it to be because mm. you might struggle with kind of waking up hungry or whatever in the night. And that is when you need to think about the meal timings as well. That's when you need to think about, okay, I want to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep here and I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night snacking. I want to, yeah, so you're going to have to kind of trial some stuff there for sure to find out what works best for yourself. But that's why, again, it's important to, if you're more in the long-term goal, do it as gradually as possible. But yeah, if you're going for that quick, quick fix, then you're going to suffer, as I say. And as mm -hmm. I've kept saying throughout this whole podcast, Ace, oh, have we missed anything there? Or do you think we're good? I think we've covered a lot. I just, 
I think it's really important for, like you've mentioned about being in a big deficit and expecting performance to suffer. Like that is the case if you do choose to do that. And I think, you know, people worry about losing, losing fat and losing performance and all that kind of stuff together. But at the end of the day, you can choose to do it one way or the other and you are making that choice. And at the end of the day, it's not, it's a logical choice to decide based on, you know, where you are and what your goals are. So you have to kind of accept those ramifications, don't you? But there are ways of doing it. There's ways of being, I I don't know, you've probably been in the same position. Like I've personally been on, you know, when I've been on prep, it's been, I've suffered from lack of sleep and it's been a gnarly deficit and my performance has been horrendous. I've also been on cuts where it's been really great and I've felt great and I've lost body fat and it's been slow and steady. So there's times for both things. Uh, but you have to know what you're getting into, I think. So it's really important to be transparent with your coach and what you want to achieve and everything, isn't it? So Definitely, definitely. Ace, I think that was really well summed up, Chloe. So yeah, fat loss speed performance, do you have to choose? Sort of, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it depends. A little, <laughs> a little bit less painful. It depends, the classic answer. But I think, yeah, despite us going for the it depends, there's a ton of stuff that I think a lot of people are going to get out of this. So thank you very much joining me today Chloe it's been an absolute pleasure uh, yeah everyone else that was kind of another episode in our fat loss series we've got I believe one more after this one which is going to be tackling what to do after a fat loss phase and diving into that so hopefully you've enjoyed it and as always if there's ever anything that you want us to cover on the podcasts get in touch with us on Instagram or through our website send us a message and we are always happy to kind of talk things through apart from that though Chloe thanks again for joining me Thank you. And everybody else, we'll see you in the next podcast. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.